Amen. If you have your Bibles, let's turn to the book of Psalms chapter 62. Psalms chapter 62. And uh, if you're there as well, we're going to read verses 6 through to 8. And uh, just have your finger on Acts chapter 4 verse 19 as well. And uh, I want to preach a message called Compromises and Convictions. Compromises and Convictions out of Psalms chapter 62 verses 6 through to 8 and Acts chapter 4 verse 19. And as you're turning there, there's a few quotes that, you know, I believe is so... <laughs> what was that? <laughs> Amen. Here we go. Compromises and convictions. You know, there's a quote that I love, and you've probably heard it before. And there's a quote that says, Those who stand for nothing will fall for anything. And when I say that again, those who stand for nothing will fall for anything. How many know if we don't stand on the word, we will fall for the world? And I'm preaching on compromise and convictions this morning because I believe every disciple and every believer must have some strong convictions. Amen. When it comes to being a disciple, when it comes to living for Christ, because when you begin to uh, compromise, your compromise becomes your children's convictions. That you begin to compromise certain things in your life. You begin to compromise certain areas when it comes to coming to church, being faithful. When it comes to tithing and giving into God. When it comes to playing a role in the kingdom. Are you going to compromise your faith? Are you going to compromise your walk with God? Are you going to just give up your walk with Christ for the world? So I'm preaching on compromises and convictions this morning. And Psalms chapter 62. And I'm going to read this verse and it's a powerful verse. Verses 6 through 8 tells us this. It says, He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. Everyone say defense. And I shall not be moved. Hallelujah. In God is my salvation and my glory. The rock of my strength and my refuge is in God. Trust in Him at all times, you people. Pour out your heart before Him. God is a refuge for us. Selah. Let's pray this morning. God, I'm praying this morning. Help us to be a church. Lord God, as individuals, I pray, God, that would have convictions upon your word. Stir our hearts, Lord God. Remind us again. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. So if you're making note, number one, what is conviction? You might hear this word, say, you know, in church. You might hear it maybe if you're someone in court and you've got some convictions. <laughs> You've got some convictions from your past, but the word conviction can be defined in three different ways. Number one, a guilty verdict handed down in court as in a conviction for a crime. Or number two, which is what I'm going to touch on, is someone having a firm, firmly held belief as in a, the certainty that our Lord Jesus Christ is the resurrected Son of God and the only way to heaven. Amen. Or three, a feeling of guilt given by the Holy Spirit. He convicts the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. You find that in John chapter 16, verse 8. But how many know as Christians, we need to have some godly convictions? Can you say amen? amen? Christians, you know what? We need to have this godly convictions that define who we are and determine what we do. Come on. The convictions that define who we are and it determines what kind of lifestyle we live, what kind of lifestyle we begin to uh, do in our lives. We make certain choices based on our firm beliefs, based on our convictions. 
And I'm telling you this morning, the convictions we are considering are those that arise from our belief from the Word of God. What we believe affects how we behave. Come on, somebody. What we believe. Amen. And that's, I'm telling you, you can believe something in the world, certain opinions. You can believe that. That's going to determine how you'll behave. But when you begin to, uh, begin to base your life from the Word of God, when you begin to live your life according to the truth of His Word, I'm telling you, that is how it's going to affect your life. Our convictions must come from the Word of God. Can you say amen? Everything must come from the Word of God. And I'm telling you, if your Bible is dusty, dusty Bibles lead to dirty lives. If you don't have a good conviction about the Word of God in your heart, if you don't have a strong understanding of the Word, listen, you're going to be like someone with no compass, going in the world trying to figure out what am I to do, where am I supposed to go. But when you begin to have a strong conviction and say, man, my life is on the rock. My life is built upon the Word of God. And there's a difference between preference and convictions. Come on. I want to make it clear this morning. There's a difference between your preferences and convictions. Preferences are changeable. They vary through our life. They are beliefs we hold at present. But you know what would be convinced to believe something else if it was more beneficial? We prefer on certain days, I'll have Cocoa Pops this morning rather than toast. We prefer certain things. They're not real convictions that we hold. But I'm telling you, a conviction is solid. Conviction is a movable belief based on God's confidence in His Word. That His Word is the absolute truth. Amen? That His Word begins to shape our lives. We begin to have these convictions on what we believe. It affects how we behave. They define who we are. Amen? Having a strong foundation on Jesus defines who we are as believers. Provides us direction gives us a purpose, a hope that we don't veer off track, that we don't go off our own circumstances and temptations. The verse that we just read this morning, He only is my rock. Come on, David has this deep-seated conviction in his life. God is he's saying, you're not just a preference to me. You're not just a, a thing I do on Sunday morning. I'm just going to go to church. God, you're my, you're my rock on Sunday. Hello? But no, God, you're only my rock on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. That when life hits hard, that when I begin to go through difficulty, when I begin to go through tests and trials, God, you know, you're not just my preference when, whenever things get tough. Come on. I've got this solid conviction that you're my only rock. And how many know the rock represents Jesus Christ? 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11. For no other foundation... Can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus? Amen. Jesus spoke about building on the rock in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. It says, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house. And it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. What a story. Jesus is giving a parable and he's saying, you know what? There's certain people who build on the sand and when the floods and when the rain descends, it begins to fall. But listen to this in verse 26. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. 
The rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on our house, and it fell, and great was its fall. What about you today? Are you building sandcastles? What about you this morning? Uh, is, is God not your foundation? Is He not your conviction this morning? You're just building nice sandcastles. Listen, one day will come when, you know what, you will be revealed what kind of house you were building. Jesus is, is giving us this description right here. When you begin to hear the saying of mine, when you begin to hear the word of God, when you get involved with reading the word and not only just hearing it, James talks about doing it. Amen. It separates true Christianity from someone who just hears sayings. Oh, yeah, I'm just going to. It's like someone James talks about in James 1 who hears the word, looks in the mirror, but does nothing. You know what? And so I'm telling you this morning, we ought to do what Christ is inviting us. He's calling us to do, which is to build upon the rock. And David is praying and he's saying he's made this personal. He's like, man, God, you're the only rock. Hallelujah. That you know what? My foundation isn't built by world's philosophies. My, my foundation, my life isn't built on tarot reading cards. Come on now. My life isn't built upon my culture or tradition. Hello. Come on, I, I come from PNG and there's so many different cultures. Oh, you got to make sure you do this and give to the family the money and everything. It's like, no, 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 I'm living my life according to the word of God. Amen. I'm telling you, when you begin to live your life according to the rock, uh, there is a stability. There is a stability because Jesus says, and the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew. He wasn't saying, Jesus wasn't saying, oh, look, listen, you know what, if the winds come, and if, you know, this, if the, and they came, and they beat, and they blew. It's coming. In life, you will experience trials, tribulations. Jesus said there will be opposition to your faith. But what kind of foundation are you setting on? What kind of house are you building on? Are you building sandcastle or are you building on the rock, Jesus Christ? You got to make up your mind. Build your life on the word, not the world. Ooh, yeah, I like that song. Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. No one can serve two masters. You see, you can't build your life on the world and try and build your life on the word. It's got to be one or the other. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. He's talking about riches. Jesus is saying, you got to make up your mind. Which, what are you going to build your life on? Career. You're building your life on certain riches in the world. You're building your life on certain things. Listen, you got to build your life on Jesus Christ. My rock and, watch this, my salvation. We've got to have a conviction about this. That I'm building my life on Jesus and He is the only way. The word salvation means deliverance from the power and effects of sin. Jesus brought our salvation. We must have this conviction because I'm telling you, you will meet certain people that will tell you, listen, no, there's another way, you know, I don't believe in this. you got to have, do you, do you really believe that Jesus is the, is the Lord? Jesus asked his disciples, hey, who do you say that I am? Some say you're this, some say you're that. And, and it's like, okay, okay, yep, yeah, thank well, What do you say? Who do you say that I am? Come on, you got to have this conviction, church. You as an individual must have this deep-seated conviction. You know what? God is my salvation. He is the one that is able to save my life and He is able to save yours. You've got to have this conviction in your life. 
That you must not compromise in this. Oh, you know what? No, you know what? Yeah, maybe if you can try this to get to heaven. No, it's not done by your works. It's only done by Jesus Christ. Salvation, it's, it's vicarious. The word vicarious comes from the word vicar, which means a substitute. Who, this is someone who takes the place of another. We've got to have a conviction that, you know what? Jesus paid for my sins. Jesus paid for our sins. He became the substitute. He is my rock and he is my salvation. Watch this. Isaiah chapter 53 verse 6 says, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone, every one of us, to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him, talking about Jesus, the iniquity of us all. We must have a solid biblical doctrine when it comes to salvation. That Jesus paid the price. Matthew chapter 20 verse 28. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. And to give his life a ransom for many. Jesus Christ is our salvation. 1 Peter 2 verse 24, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. You see so many scriptures and uh, illustrate this point, but it's clear. You know what? Jesus Christ was our substitute. Can you say amen? He bore our sins on the cross. Uh, it's obvious he didn't bear his own sins because he was without sin. And he began to bore our sins. Second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 21 says, For he made him knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become, watch this, the righteousness of God in him. That we are now, when we realize Jesus has paid our punishment, he's paid for our sins, that we become the righteousness of God in him. And I'm telling you, you must have this solid foundation of who Jesus is in your life is he your rock is he your salvation because I'm telling you when you're like David you begin to say I shall not be moved I've got a foundation I've got it set he is my rock he is my salvation I will not be moved Jesus is the only way the truth and the life John 14 verse 6 I am the way the truth and the life no one comes to the father except through me We've got to have this conviction in our hearts. Every believer, every solid disciple must have this in their hearts. That they've got to have this conviction. That Jesus is not just a preference. He's not a part-time relationship. It's not just a Sunday thing. Jesus said it's a daily thing. Luke chapter 9 verse 23. And he said to them all, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily. Come on now daily and follow me some people pick and choose when they're going to follow christ some people pick and choose oh today i got money in the bank sweet oh jesus thank you lord hallelujah thank you and then all of a sudden there ain't no money in the bank there's no toilet paper in the house there's only too many noodles in the cupboard it's like oh lord jesus see you later come on man what what happened to take up your cross daily and follow me what happened to take up your cross, forsake the world, and follow Jesus? It's got to be a daily thing that we got to get up in the morning and say, you know what, God, I, I've got a conviction here today. I'm not living by my feelings. I'm not living by the circumstances of my life. You are only my rock and you are my salvation. Amen. I want to talk about, secondly, the characteristics of those with convictions. Acts chapter 4 tells us a story. Of these two disciples and they begin to go out preaching the gospel and they begin to 
now be put into prison. And verses 19 through to 20 of chapter 4 tells a story. says, But Peter and John answered and said to them, Whether it's right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God, you judge. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. You see, here they are getting persecuted for their faith. Here they are getting, you know what, tested for their faith. But they said, you know what, we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and which we have heard. You see, our goal as believers, we got to be like Christ. We got to become like David, Peter, and John, who held securely to their faith in Christ, this responsibility to proclaim salvation in His name. Even in the face of imprisonment and threats, this people, these guys, these disciples had some deep convictions. And we got to follow their footsteps. We must display these following characteristics. Number one, we got to have a sense of purpose. That when we know where we're going, we, we're walking a different path. We, we're living by Matthew chapter 7. Jesus says in verse 13, enter by the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are few who find it. You see, instead of going with the crowd, there's so many people who just go with the crowd, go with the flow. Jesus is calling us to a life on the narrow path. That this broad path that everyone is following and everyone's doing what everyone else is doing, drinking, sleeping around with whoever they want to sleep with. It's a broad road that leads to destruction. And Jesus is showing us another path that says, hey, listen, there's a narrow road right there. There's a narrow path. I'm telling you, it's going to be difficult. He didn't say it's going to be easy, red carpet, oh yeah, glitter, everything glamour, nice, beautiful. No, it's, it's difficult. It's, it's, it's a hard road to take, but will you do it? Will you follow Christ? In the midst of persecution, in the midst of threats, in the midst of, you know what, when things are going against you, instead of going with the crowd or seeking profit or your own pleasure, we got to live according to the words of Jesus. Come on, somebody. According to God's plan for our lives. There's a sense of purpose. Jeremiah 29 verse 11, very wonderful scripture. I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. God is speaking to someone here this morning. You know what? God wants to give you purpose. God wants to give you a direction in your life. But you've got to have this conviction to say, you know what? I'm transferring my foundation off this shifting, sinking sand material. I'm moving onto the rock. I'm building my life on the rock. And I'm telling you, there comes a sense of purpose. There's also courage. It's easy to stand for our convictions when we're in church on Sunday morning. Oh, yes, amen. Yeah, we've got convictions. Yes, Lord. Yes, pastor. Yes, Jesus. Yes. But when we're surrounded by those who think Christians are just simply narrow-minded, when we're surrounded by people who are telling us on Friday afternoon and works putting on drinks, when it's like, oh, yeah, come on, will you follow Christ? Do you have the courage to stand alone as a follower of Jesus? And proclaim the truth found in God's word. It's got to take courage. And I'm telling you, these are the things, the characteristics that one will have. And thirdly, there's a supernatural strength. When we are saved, when we are redeemed. Amen. The Holy Spirit that's come to seal us as children of God. 
Ephesians tells us that He lives within us. And the Holy Spirit is our helper. Amen. Where He enables us to understand the truth and give us the physical, the spiritual, the mental and moral toughness. Strength to do what's right in the days that are evil. Come on. I mean, we've moved from convictions to compromise. I mean, what happened to people coming to church on Sunday mornings? Well, now they fill their schedules up with sports. They fill their schedule. Oh, man, I'm touching it this morning. When they fill their schedules up with work, they've moved their convictions. They've moved boundaries. They've compromised certain areas. What happened to people giving to God what belongs to Him? Yeah. That the tithe is separate and holy. What happened to that? What happened to people coming to church on Sunday and just to say, you know what? Let us not forsake the gathering of the saints for as we draw nearer, as the days get evil, how much more should we gather? What happened to those convictions? That now people don't come to church on Sunday. They don't honor God in their tithe. They don't want to surround themselves and come into church. I mean, these convictions, but yet they begin to neglect, neglect. And what ends up happening? Proverbs chapter 14, verse 14. The backslider in heart is filled with his own ways, his own desires. I'm telling you, that's exactly what happens because people choose to do what they just want to do. They begin to backslide. They begin to withdraw from their convictions, from the word of God. They begin to withdraw. They don't give and they live now under a curse. They live not under the authority that God wants them to live in, this protection. And people begin to now neglect themselves. Let's get back to the word of God. In Romans chapter 12, is, is talking about certain authorities in place. Uh, Romans chapter 13 and listen to it it says let every soul be subject to the governing authorities for there is no authority except from God and the authorities that exist are appointed by God therefore whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God and those who resist will bring judgment on themselves it's saying man you know what what, what happened to people having convictions to say you know what there's a there's a order set in place that people choose to pick and choose who they want to follow, who they want to come under authority with. Let us begin to come back to the plain gospel of Jesus Christ and build our lives on the word of God. Amen. Build our lives on the word and we can find, you know what, God begin to help us through. The word of God and I finish. In God is my salvation and my glory. The rock of my strength and my refuge is in God. Amen. Let's bow our heads in a word of prayer. Simple message this morning. Compromises and convictions. David says at the end, trust in Him at all times. You people, pour out your heart before Him. God is a refuge for us. Selah. Compromise and convictions. There's so many things that we could touch on, but I believe one of the main things that allows us to do what we're called to do is simply, where is our foundation? Is it Jesus? Is He our foundation? Because when Jesus is the center, everything else falls in place. That you now, you know, it's not I have to do this anymore. It's like, you know what, I'd love to do this. It'll be a privilege to be a part of something that God would want me to be a part of. But what is your conviction this morning? Do you have preferences? Are you someone to just have preferences, pick and choose? Hallelujah. Amen. While every head is bowed and every eye is closed, I just want to say, you know what? God loves you. 
you're living your life in sin, the Bible tells us that there will come a day. A sermon that was once preached by an old preacher said, he preached a sermon called Payday. There's coming a day that we're going to pay up. Wages of sin is death. It's payday. When you die, there's an account for it. Every word will be counted. It's, it's, it's payday. What about you this morning when you ask yourself the question, where will I spend eternity? Is it heaven or hell? Jesus spoke more about hell than he did about heaven. I don't want to sugarcoat the message, but I'm telling you, when we're living in sin, we're headed for destruction. We're headed for hell. Jesus' blood paid for us so that we don't have to go to hell. Jesus, God so loved the world, John 3.16. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. He loves you. He loves you this morning. He doesn't want you to live in total separation in hell. He wants to forgive you. He wants to. You're here this morning and your heart's not right with God. I want you to do one simple thing and I want you to be honest with yourself. And you know what? You ask yourself, am I right with God? Am I, am I, do I have sin in my life? If I was to die today, will I make heaven my home? If you don't have that assurance, I want you to do one simple thing. You just raise your hand and say, yep, that's me. I'm not right with God. God loves me. God loves you this morning. If you're not right with God, lift it up. Lift it up. God sees. God sees your hand. God sees. Lift it up. No one looking around. You're not saved. You're not right with God. Lift it up this morning. Let God forgive you. Let God wash you from your sins. Hallelujah. You're back still in your heart. You once had a relationship with Jesus. Once you raise your hand and say, yep, that's me as well. Oh God, we worship you, Jesus. We love you and we worship you, God. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Turning to the church, let's begin to be people, men and women of conviction. Let's not compromise in our faith when it comes to Jesus. Let's live according to his word. Why don't you come out of your seats and let's pray at this altar. Father God, have your way in this place, in our hearts, in this altar, Lord, right now. Come out of your seats. Maybe God's been speaking to you about convictions, developing certain convictions about, maybe about giving. You know, you haven't been tithing. Maybe God's been speaking to you about certain convictions of, you know what, uh, drinking, alcohol. There's certain things in your life that you know, man, I'm, I'm compromising here in my faith. Light and darkness do not mix. Evil company corrupts good habits. I'm telling you this morning, I'm, I'm, I'm preaching this, and this, you can go so many areas, and, but there's, there's certain places God is dealing with you right now, and I feel the Holy Ghost is speaking to people that you've been compromising. And you know what? You've got to make a conviction. Every Sunday, I'm going to be at church. You've got to make a conviction. You know what? I'm going to be in service. I'm going to come and worship. It's not what the pastor is telling you. It's, it's the Word of God talking about you know what let us not forsake the gathering make it a conviction be, you know what you start these uh, convictions and it becomes your children's convictions that they see it and they want to follow suit will you be the mother would you be that father and say yes as for me and my house we will serve the Lord will you be the disciple 
you know, in the midst of uh, your friends and families that you can say, you know what, I'm going to stay true. I'm going to walk the narrow path. I'm going to carry my cross. I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to carry the cross. I remember making that decision in my in high school when I got saved. I said, you know what, man, forget it. Later for this world. I was saved in grade 12 and built reputation, this popularity. So I said, man, God saved us. I, I realized, man, what am I doing with my life? I said, later for this life, I started serving God. I started making these convictions. I'm going to be at church on time, every time. Not come at the end of service. I'm not going to come midweek. Mid, I'm, going to, I'm going to make a conviction. When it comes to giving, I, I, want to, I choose to live a blessed life, not a cursed life. Malachi 3, I'm going to, I'm going to give what belongs to God. Start putting these convictions. I started making this conviction. I'm telling you what, God gives you the purpose. God begins to show you certain things in your life. Oh, Lord, God, have your way, Jesus. Have your way, God. Lord, let us not be carried away by every wind of doctrine out there, Lord Jesus. Lord, let us be rooted and grounded in love. Oh, Lord God, I pray, Father God, these convictions, Lord, to forgive. These convictions, Lord God, that we can uphold as men and women to live according to your word, Lord. God, to love our husbands, to, to love our wives just as Christ loved. These convictions, Lord God, that are hold true in families. Lord God, these anchors, Lord God, that is in your word. Help us to, Lord God, live them, not just hear them, but do them, Lord. Oh, bless your name, bless your name, Jesus. Lord, be glorified, be magnified, Lord. Oh, worthy, worthy, worthy. Worthy is your name, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, Ramamasa. Oh, Lord, we love you and adore you, Jesus. Oh, Manamasa. Come on, let's pray, church. Let's pray.